Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here. I am so excited that you are here with me because we are on our fourth season. We are on episode 73, part two of the conversation with the president of the National Association of Social Workers, Mrs. Mitzi Joyner. And I am so honored and grateful to have her as a guest on the Social Workers Rise podcast. She is just a wealth of social work experience and knowledge and she just really shows us what is possible in the field of social work, starting from children, youth, and families as a protective service worker, all the way up to being a professor, a co-author, and also taking up multiple leadership roles in her profession. She serves as a really, really great example of what is possible in the field of social work. She's going to show us or tell us rather, uh, what is the priority for NASW in 2022 going forward? What is the highest need out of all of the social justice issues going on that we we touch on? What is the highest need? And also too, I given all of the responsibilities that she has and all of the work that it entails as the president of NASW, I had to ask, I couldn't help myself, what is her salary? And she tells me I was, I was shocked. I was really shocked. So we're going to listen to a quick ad from our sponsor, the Rise Directory and hop right into this episode. If you are a clinical supervisor or you need a clinical supervisor, definitely check out the Rise Directory. Let's hop into it. This episode is proudly brought to you by the RISE Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. I tried to keep my agenda at the center of everything and my agenda this year is voting you know voting suppression what we know everyone has the right to vote whitney young was the president of nasw he wrote uh the voting rights act and he believed years ago in the 70s uh that everyone should have the right to vote and everyone should have uh the right to have equity and access. And that's what mine is, you know, so that's how I say my yes, and how I say no, if people are outside of that, or, 
or want me to do something different, I, I lead them to where they can find people to do that. But I have to f- have a focus and every year I have an agenda and that's what it is this year. Cause I'm just, I, I'm just upset that we are moving to perhaps losing our democracy. And once we do that, the social infrastructure, the social service infrastructure will go away. Mm-hmm. And it will become a world of the haves versus the have nots. Um, I believe that's where we're headed. That's my personal belief. Uh, the healthcare disparity that we have, um, access, attack on women, women's rights, attack on the rights of people of color, you know, the systemic and institutional racism, uh, ageism, elitism uh, is, is starting to grow too fast in America. There's a lot of work to be done, Matt. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. But, you know, you know, I, I teach some fellows at, at Howard University. When I graduated from Howard, we all took a pledge. And it was, you know how you take a pledge just to get out of school? Mm-hmm. Well, it was a pledge for not just the School of Social Work, but it was the med school, the divinity school. It was every, everybody who graduated that year, and that was for me, they had to take a pledge. And our class pledge was to eliminate racism in our lifetime. And so that kind of became my artifact, my vision of America is that we would all have equity, right? Uh, so when I took a job or went returned to my job at child welfare, I made sure that we had equity for kids in foster care and for kids who were taken in to care. I made sure we had equity. I mean, I even gave up my position because God blessed me with twins and I knew that my number one priority, my family, would have shifted to number three if I just said, you know what, I can't do this job and raise my kids um, at the same way. So I went to the university just to be there until they were in, in kindergarten. And I stayed 32 years at the university. But I, I developed a course called Race Relations. I made sure I, I became the head of our department and I made sure we did things from a diverse and inclusive um, you know, the DE and I was not a word that we just, that just came about now. It's been how I've been practicing for generations. And so we made sure that that occurred. And, you know, every leadership position I have, you always will hear me talk about social justice and systemic and institutional racism. And so my fellows did a Google search on me and they were like, do you know that everything you did, even when you were at the bank board, kind of focused on that? It really happened when I pledged at Howard University to eliminate racism. Do I think that by the time I go six feet under or however I dis- <laughs> my family decides to dispose of my physical body, <clears throat> that it will be, there'll be no more racism? No, but I know that I'm bending that arc, you know, <laughs> and that's all I can say. <laughs> And that's all we can do. All we can do that's is the all best we can, as we can. Yep. And just leave it for future generations to build upon. I heard a, a Chinese fable or t- saying that the, the wise people plant trees for, for the days that they will not be able to enjoy the shade. So you plant the trees knowing that you're not ever going to be able to reap the benefit of it, but you do it anyways. Yeah. 
and and you and you look at it, you look back and you see the trees that were planted did provide shade. And I do believe, you know, um, social justice, you know, we are not like we were um, prior to, you know, where all people were treated equal, right? You know, there are people that are going to try to set us back, but with determination, we will move forward. And I say that as we're looking at the attack on women's reproductive rights. Yes, Roe versus mm -hmm. Wade protected us, but women, we've got, there's more women in the world, right? Um, and so women have to rise up and state their demands and remind people how they get elected into office. And um, women have power. We just can't say, oh my goodness, this is horrible, what's happening in our society. No, we got to get out of work and we got to get out of work, not for ourselves. I do this work for my grandchildren. You know, NASW pro president is a volunteer position, you know, so I don't get paid, you know, one penny for what I do. And I, and I spend each of my days working on NASW and I am not receiving some high salary. So I, I think people need to understand that this is a voluntary job that I'm doing. I had no uh, idea. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, we have a CEO. The CEO gets paid. He's the operational person, Angelo McLean. But no, the president is elected for three years and one year as a president elect. So for four years of my life, I'm doing volunteer work. <laughs> and that's, but so when people say that and they'll say, oh my God, I didn't know that. You know, I thought you got it. No, no, no. You know, of course, when I travel, they, they reimburse me for my travel and my stay. But even that, I always laugh about, you know, when you go out and grab a coffee, you don't always take the receipt to get paid back your coffee. I'm given to the association, but I believe in social work and that's why I do it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, I pay my own membership, just like all the other listeners. I pay my membership. You don't get a, a free membership? No, <laughs> oh no, my gosh. No, no free membership. There's no free anything. Wow. Uh, because according, you know, to your, the way that you do your C3, you, you know, that, that of your internal audits, no, uh-uh, I pay my membership, you know, um, so, you know, I, I pay to get CEs, you know, you know, now the CEs that I produce, no, I don't have to pay for them, mm -hmm. for them, and I sometimes will get a complimentary, um, when we have a conference, I'll get it complimentary, but that's because I'm out there speaking to people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. But if I wasn't, you know, just to say, oh, I want to go to this meeting. No, uh -uh. no, 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 no. Wow. And, and you know what? People don't know that. So a lot of times when people were like, it costs so much money, I'm like, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So um, what do you see as a top needs or top yeah, the top needs of social workers right now and going forward into 2022. I believe that social workers, the time for social work is right, right now. Uh, you know, when we look at our profession, and I, I ask everybody to think about that, social work is not that old. You know, when you look at law and medicine, they're thousands of years old. We're only, we're only 150 years old. So if you put us on uh, human behavior in a social environment, put us across a lifespan, we're about in our younger moving to adolescent stage. Uh, you know, that's where we are. So where we have to go is to recognize that we are a profession, that 
each of us, I mean, there's over 750,000, and I would say that there's probably even more, social workers in the United States, right? 750,000. My goodness, if, if everybody joined, do you know how much membership would be? It would, membership would be so low, <laughs> but we only have 110,000 members of NASW. So one in seven believes and believes and pays for the professional association. But every one of those 750,000 people expect NASW to deal with a lot of the social issues that are occurring across the United States, not only for people, but for social work. So, you know, we don't even think of the resource problem. If you think of NASW, people tend to think that there's thousands of people working. No, we have about staff of 70 something. And then you have uh, those that are in the EDs. Um, we, we don't have a whole lot of people. And so for every one paid person, they take care of over a hundred and some odd members if you were to, to quantify it that way, right? So we need everybody who graduates out of your schools of social work, whether it be on the baccalaureate, master's or PhD level to commit to their either branch or their state to be able to say, you know, I'll volunteer, I'll take on this um, because that is the commitment you made when you came into the profession. Go back and revisit the passion of why you wanted to become a social worker. Why did you want to become a social worker rather than something else? And how are you attaining that? And how do you bring your passion to your job, but also to your, the profession? So I see us becoming stronger. I see us being able to realize, as I said, that everyone needs a social worker. Hold on one second. <laughs> Some people believe that, you know, social work is the way the social work began was always dealing with social and economic status. But listen, if sandwich generation people deal with their mother, their father, <coughs> should they be placed? Should they not be placed? oncology social workers. We have social workers who deal with, I mean, right now we're, we have an uptick in young kids committing suicide as young as five and six years of age. We, everybody, we, I mean, there's, there's not a person in our society that if they, they live long enough that will not access a social worker. Now yep. saying all of that, we want to make sure that they get the right service. So you mentioned, you know, the dues and that it's expensive. It's right now it's $236 a year. Right. And, you know, that's amongst 110,000 members. Where does all that money go? All the, that money goes. But number one, when you, when you join, half the money goes to national office and half goes to the states for the states to run their chapters. Okay. So you say 230, you split that in the middle. So 118 and 118. And where does it go? It goes into looking at all of this. You can almost, if you tune in, get all of your CEs for free if you're a member of NASW. You know, because we, we provide all the time webinars, seminars, all the different things for a person to get 
their CEs in whatever areas. Right now, we're focusing a lot on mental health, on health care, but you can turn on and get your CEs that way. Um, we also advocate um, and go up on the Hill. We have to have people who can go into the Senate, not only at the st federal level, but also at the state level to create agendas, to work on uh, trying to get higher salaries for social workers. So a lot of it is spent on the advocacy side. Uh, you know, when you go on the Hill, when I go on the Hill, senators want to know who do you represent, NASW, or who's NASW. The, the thing that gets their attention is, do, is there an NASW in my state? Yeah. Then they kind of listen a little bit more. But remember, when I go on the Hill, I'm com competing with medicine. I'm competing with law. Every group goes on the Hill to kind of look at the policies and how it impacts their, the professionals in their organization. So accountants, I mean, there's accountants, everyone is on the Hill. And so here we come as social workers. They have thousands of members. Luckily for us, I can say, yeah, we have 110,000 members, but there's one in every state and that gets that attention. So advocacy is a strong, a strong area that we have, but uh, also helping young people. There's some scholarships that we give out for young people who are starting their careers in social work where we have fellows that are placed in various entities in social work. So that's where their dollars go. Believe me, it's, it's not enough dollars to do the agenda we need to do. Okay. And going... it may sound like a lot mm -hmm. when, you, when, you t when you put it down 230 at times. Of, uh, but when you put that out, that's not a lot at all. You know, uh, remember, it, it, it's a lot like education you know, why isn't there, and, you know, I'm trying to get people to think about it now, you know, all of this money that comes in, you can go to your med schools and your law schools and you can get a free ride. Very few people can do that in social work because we, ha we don't have enough scholarship dollars because people are like, well, what do you exactly do? And it's not until uh, these days, and I keep saying, because anytime you have atrocities that occur, that's what we need to promote social work. And people are beginning to understand, oh my God, you know, you are there long after the news vans are gone. You know, you're there mm -hmm. to uplift society. And then remember in social work, you have the for-prof and you have the non-prof, right? So think of, think of that, you know, you have a lot of social workers that work for for-profit companies, DE and I, uh, they, they, they make large, large salaries, right? Human resource development, training initiatives, all of them through the for-profit. And then you have the nonprofit. But when you're the nonprofit, you have to even divide that even more. You have mandated service. Like we know that in every county, there'll always be a child welfare, uh, a child welfare office because that's mandated by law. You have to have one. So you'll have those salaries. You'll also have the VA which is our largest employer of social workers. The VA, you'll always have that because the VA gives social service and they make a high, they're, they're on a higher GS scale than other, uh, than other professions. And then you have the loan social service agency that only funds itself by grants, right? Um, and so grants are written and money comes in and we do a lot of, of advocating for various grants in certain area uh why why you have such a political battle over grants 
because you know a lot of people need those agencies like family service and mental health services that's that's all provided generally by writing a grant but if there's no grant dollars there's no service uh so how do you get those dollars in and that is the area that i think you're seeing um more clearly now that we're in involved in this mental health there, there's just not enough people um and, and will the demand for salaries go up? I don't know. But working with the administration to be able to say, we need more support and funding for mental health services. Yep. And so what are the priorities for NASW going forward in 2022? Social justice has always been our priority and it will continue to be our priority. Uh, environmental justice, economic justice, and racial justice are the three priorities under there. Uh, we do have on our website uh, a list of all of our legislative agendas. It's the recruitment of social workers is another key priority of mine uh, to get social workers to understand what their professional association is for people to, to understand it and to join, you know, the volunteer model. If people think that there could be another model, then we're going to have to figure out how to get billions, millions of dollars into social work. Uh, because we have to have a place at the table. We have to have a place at the table for change. Um, because if we don't, we will not enjoy the change that is going to occur. So uh, my priority when I first came in before any pandemic was to go out and do the public image of social work again, to follow the campaign of my predecessor, Gary Bailey, and just to get people to understand more about what social workers do and where we are and that we're in every facet you know if you ask the person and go out and you, you know at a, at a party everybody knows a social worker or has had contact or daughter or son went to be a social worker to also have a better picture of our i'm tired of social workers saying i don't make any money you know i i do know that there is a wage disparity so first let me say that but I do know that there are social workers who make money uh, all along the gamut because those areas that I talked about, the for-prof, the non-prof, the mandated services. So we have to get a better picture of, of, of showing where the jobs are and, and the income. You know, you have social work professors that make the same amount of money as other professors at institutions, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to be real clear to stop, to stop bemoaning the fact that nobody makes any money because then what happens, the federal government comes out and says, well, these groups of social work, the VA social workers, this is what they make, right? What we have to be able to say is those social workers who practice in nonprofit, non-mandated service, but in behavioral service, they need to have higher wages. Mm -hmm. because they are the safety nets of our community. Um, that's what we have to be able to say um, and, and to get that message across. But we can't lump it all together because when you lump it all together, it, it just, you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense to those people who are trying to look at wages. So we do really need to have a workforce study, a national workforce study, which will take thousands and millions of dollars to get done because you know, how do you follow every social worker that's graduated from a program and find out what job 
they received when they, their first job and where they are now and do a longitudinal study. It takes a lot of research, um, but it needs to get done because I, I hear too many people say, well, social workers don't make any money. And I'm like, that's not necessarily true. There are some that make more than you know, great six figures. And there, there are some who are struggling and, and those that are struggling are dealing with, with people who have mental health illnesses. And yes, they deserve a much higher wage. They put their lives at risk every day. So, so we have to kind of look at what type of social workers, just like lawyers look at what type of law. Corporate lawyers make a whole lot of money, or at least the majority of them, but the public defender doesn't. Right. You know, so every, you know, physicians with specialties make money, but the general practitioner doesn't. So every professional, every profession has its order. And it's usually the orders of those that take care of the most vulnerable. They don't make higher high wages. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? It does make sense. Yes, it does. So just I'm hearing just get very specific on, you know, what you're asked if you're trying to negotiate for higher wages, you know, what specifically what area of social work are we talking about when right. we're talking about that? Um, so we covered a lot of different topics here. And I'm wondering, you know, for social workers who are really interested in taking that first step towards leadership, but they really don't know where to start or if they're fit to be a leader, you know, what would you say to them? Any advice for them? I say social workers are natural leaders. And why do I say that? It's because we know how to talk to people. Uh, We study human behavior. We understand the human environment. We we're not at the area that I wish we would push a little bit more is risk taking. Uh, but most social workers are leaders, even if you, you know, have your own private practice or whether you're working and you have something to bring because you've been taught to look through the prisms of other eyes. You're not looking at it just yourself. You know, if, if, you know when I, I served on a bank board, when people came in and talked about the numbers, you know, the bankers just talk about numbers. Well, if we make this amount, you make this amount. You know, if we put a mall here, you know, we can make this amount. My role on that bank board was to say, but let's look at the community and where we're putting that new uh, ATM. You know, who needs access? You know, getting people to look at things in a completely different way. And so that is the leadership that you bring. And where do you, where do you try? You, you just, you know, I, if I would like social workers all to get themselves on boards or, um, you know, other task force, because really where I would like to see social workers break into a little bit more is on your C, that's the capital letter, C-suite boards. And a C-suite board are those boards that pay you to be there, um, but they have uh, the money and the ability to change communities. Mm. And we don't have enough social workers on C-suite boards, at American Express, at Chase, at all of the big, big companies. And they all need to have a public member. They all need, they need an, a person. And that's kind of what, what, what reflected through COVID as well, as every organization is struggling with trying to get people to come back. And I was just talking to an organization like, when we, when we do bring people back, it's going to be a difficult time so we have to build in 
you know, places where companies get to talk about what, what's just occurred. We have to build in some relaxation. But we do know that there is going to be a lot of angry people coming back. Not so much angry because they need to come back, but just angry at, at where they are and uh, a lot of the issues that no one's talked about. We have people who are now agoraphobic, who are afraid to go outside, right? And then we have people who are uh, go outside and could care less about what you think. And so, you know, agitate, they're easily agitated. And so workforce violence is something that we have to pay particular attention to. And the only person that understands that is a social worker. Because uh, the, the person looked at me and said, I never thought about that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you just can't expect everybody to come back and be happy go jolly like we were all off on vacation, you know. <laughs> right. You know, so people have got to hire. And I've been, I've been saying to major companies, you need to hire some social workers who can help you deal with some of the issues that you're going to be faced with, or we're going to hear these are crazy, bizarre stories on the news. Person comes to work, right? Uh, takes a gun because we have, you know, everybody's allowed to bring a gun now and shoots everybody. Or a person at home kills their family. You're already starting to see, hear those very stories, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because just think about it. If you've lost your grandmother, your mother, your cousin due to COVID, and you weren't able to memorialize them in the way that you are culturally, uh, into in, in what your culture reflects, you're angry, mm -hmm. right? You're angry, like, why did this happen to me? I mean, think about the child who was graduating from high school that did it through COVID. I never had a prom. Mm -hmm. I never had closure. So, you know, every facet, you know, some people, and there, and there are some people when we say social workers are tired and I, I challenge people, it is the people that jobs never change due to COVID. They went to work every day, our hospital workers, our transit workers. They had to go to work whether there was COVID or not. Mm -hmm. Think how angry they are, right? Um, so we just can't pretend and, and suppress the feelings and, and social workers know how to uh, have a person talk about those feelings, partialize those feelings and deal with those feelings to be able to be better prepared for their life journey. Yes. Yes. So much great information. Thank you so much, Mitt. Was there anything else that you feel is uh, important for social workers to know that we didn't cover today? No, but I think you, your segment of young social workers, uh, I, I, I keep saying that at NASW, and I'm sure you'll say with your podcast, we need the diversity of age. And so when you were asking about young people coming up and stepping up as leaders, we need your voice. Uh, when I first entered the profession, there was no computer. It was typewriters, right? <laughs> so there, there, there were no things called podcasts or Zoom calls. Or, and I know that, you know, as much as I might have been resistance in the, at the very beginning, I know there's some great things going on. I know that young people know how to do things in ways that I never, ever would know to how to be. They've had such talent um, and drive and also the ability to partialize, to have fun, right? We need that too. So I'm going to urge you to continue your podcast with this group of individuals and for them to realize that there's no process where they, there's a pecking order and, they, and they're at the bottom rung. 
they're at the same level with all of their colleagues. Whether you're a baccalaureate, a master's, or a PhD, you are my colleague, right? <laughs> um, and I need you to talk to me and to be able to say, I disagree with you. Feel comfortable to have that kind of discussion because if we can't do it, then how do we expect society to do it, right? As long as we're respectful and say, you know, I disagree with that, or I'd like to be able to bring your voice, rise up, use your voice, even if your voice quivers because you're not used to using your voice. You know, you're not in class anymore where the professor is lecturing and you're taking notes. You are the person, use that voice to go get the vision that you had for social work. So I urge you to, to tell people to step up, take those positions. I'm always, I was just talking to our CEO and I was saying, you know, I've got to change the paradigm in some of these committee assignments. They, some people want people with experience. I don't want people with experience. I want people who are committed and passionate about social work to work with me. There you go. Well, you heard it straight from the president of NASW. It doesn't matter what degree you have, BSW, MSW, LCSW, LMSW, any of the alphabet letters. <laughs> right. You are welcomed at the table. You are needed at the table. So definitely, definitely take up those, those leadership positions. If you see that there's a need unmet in your community or in your workplace or in your area, wherever you are, you know, talk to people about it, see what can be done, bring solutions instead of just complaining because complaining is not going to get us anywhere. So yes, thank you. Right. Thank you so much, Mitt. I really, really, truly appreciate your time. Um, what is the next step for people if they want to learn more about you or NASW? Well, my email address is president at socialworkers.org. So you can always email me. Uh, you can also go to socialworkers.org and look at our Facebook page. And I urge you to go to your state and find out who is the ED for your state and contact them. You know, positions are open all the time. And sometimes you may have an interest where you don't really see a group where it's a natural fit. Then tell people, you know, you need a group on this. Um, I have people say that all the time. And I'm like, you're right. You know, we, we, we don't want our organization to remain stagnant or status quo, right? We need to build social workers for the future. So I always try to say, what type of social worker will we need 10, 15 years from now, because those are the people who are going to be serving the next generation. So, um, you know, do whatever is necessary. Contact me or bug me, you know, do whatever you need to do. But uh, one day, one of you will be president of NASW. <laughs> yes, it could be you, my friend. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. So, so much, Mitch. It was a pleasure. Um, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes, tap the five stars, and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You'll have me fangirling all over you. 
take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.